It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross. Yes! Yes! Touchdown! They did it! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Reacting to a lot of different things that happened over the weekend. We had Utah State men's basketball with an open scrimmage for the fans. High school football on Friday night to conclude region play. And a big Utah State football victory on Saturday. 435-339-0321 if you want to weigh in. And a lot of different things. We had Volleyball played well on Saturday also. So a lot of great things uh, took place in high school football and, well, high school sports. The playoff pairings and final RPI standings are done for girls soccer. So those uh, playoffs begin this week. We'll run through who gets to host, who gets a bye week, who's on the road, and uh, what things look like for some of these other sports as well with the final, uh, well, some of the final RPI rankings of the season coming out. But um, if you want to chime in on any of these topics, feel free, 435-339-0321 to chime in here on the Full Court Press text line. Uh, And if you want to call in, 435-752-1069. Now, remember that number, because coming up in about 10 to 15 minutes, we're going to call out the old gristmill bread and butter play of the game from the Skyview broadcast the Skyview football game on Friday. And if you remember what it was and you can correctly identify it, we'll hook you up with some free bread from the old grist mill. So stay tuned for that coming up in about 10 to uh, 15 minutes from now. I can't remember what it was. Uh, I know I was tagged in the text. Oh, no, it wasn't the play I was. I was thinking of a different play. Yeah. So I my initial thought was, was wrong. I know I'm tagged every week in an email or text from John. He sends it to us, and I always forget to actually read the text or email. <laughs> I always see it, but I never, never actually pull open and read it. And then maybe it's just funner because I get to guess what it is, and then I've been wrong like three of the last four times I've guessed. <laughs> uh, look on that. Let's quickly talk about Region Eleven football. It was really it was a defensive Friday night for the most part. Yeah, not, <laughs> not not across the board. It it was a weird week because I was thinking a lot of games that might have been getting out of hand. You know, I thought Skyview Green Canyon was going to maybe get out of hand in favor of Skyview. I didn't think Ridgeline Logan was going to be that close, although, again, it was dependent on what kind of offense Ridgeline ran because Logan does terrible against spread offenses and good against literally everybody else. Uh, looks like maybe Ridgeline doesn't run a spread because they only beat him 13-10. Um, then, you know, Mountain Crest, uh, Bear River is the only one that really got out of hand in any sort of way. Yeah. So we had two low-scoring games that were super close and super tight, um, but ultimately the favored teams won every single game. Yeah, Mountain Crest eventually running away with it, forty-one to thirteen. And uh, if you were to look at the UHSAA website today, you wouldn't see RPI rankings, but I looked at them before they were taken down. So 
even with the win, now the RPI is funky. Even with the Ridgeline win, they moved down a spot in the RPI. So they're number four. Mountain Crest and Skyview flip-flopped, even though both won. <laughs> Mountain Crest is at six. Skyview is at seven. Logan's at nine. Bear River is at, or excuse me, Green Canyon's at 11. And Bear River is at 12 in the latest RPI rankings. So does that take in points, take into account points for and points against, or just wins and losses? Just versus? wins and losses, what your winning percentage is, what your opponent's winning percentage is, and what your opponent's opponent's winning percentage is. Yeah, that's... I feel like they should try to include points for and points against, which in that case it would have actually made sense for Ridgeline to go down, maybe. Um, the the bad win, so to speak. But, you know, just straight up winning, like, I don't know, it's just... It doesn't feel like it's a very well t- well-tuned system. Well, last year ranking. Ridgeline was undefeated, and they had wide margin of victory in, in almost every game that they played. They were clearly the best team in all of 4A, but they were number two in the RPI. Yeah, and I think that's the kind of thing when that happens, you need to look at fine-tuning your your system because it's clearly not working the way it was intended. You know, RPI, you know, computer-based rankings are always going to have a bit of noise, and it's going to be a little weird, and it's going to be funky, and you can live with some of that. But there's some of that you can that you can kind of filter out. Well, and I think we're finding this is in college football. You have the AP poll, the coaches poll, even the college football playoff committee. It, there's always debate about the best way to do it. The BCS was supposed to be more computer-based. Uh, we see it in, in college basketball. They've gone to the net ranking, which takes into a, a lot of different factors, Yeah, which probably I think is probably the most accurate um, system that determines how good one team is over another or how one team should be ranked higher than another. Yeah. But I, even then, it still has some flaws. Yeah, it does. Like I said, all, all computer systems are going to have flaws, but I, I do like the NET. I've never really had a problem with it. And maybe it works a little bit better because the NET isn't really determining a ton. It's a reference in a lot of cases, which... yes. Maybe that's the best way to have these computer rankings is use them as a reference. Um, and when you look at the human voting, the college football playoff, the AP poll, the coaches poll, they're all subject to bias and different things like that. We see that in a huge way with the college football playoff. Bias is a huge deal in that. The AP poll to a... It's clearly one of the things they talk about. Do they pass the eye test? Yeah. How do you quantify that? Yeah, the eye test is, you know, a BS excuse for it's my it's my decision. <laughs> yeah. Because my gut. My it, gut tells me so. Yeah. If if anybody ever says I'm using the eye test, they're full of crap. <laughs> but you know what? In high school football and high school sports in general, uh, they you don't have committees. I mean, you have to go off of something. And it was flawed before when you'd have just region standings to determine what the playoff standings would look like because sometimes you'd have a really good region and somebody would be left out. Or sometimes you'd have a bad region and somebody who doesn't deserve to be there just because you're going to let four teams from the region advance, they just they get to go in even though they clearly aren't as good. 
So there had to be something that was done. Overall, I applaud the UHSAA for coming up and instituting the, the RPI system that they're utilizing. But it still seems a little bit wonky, like not quite there. But nonetheless, there's still um, one more game for much of these teams, not all of them. Skyview opted not to have a fall break game on their schedule, and so they weren't going to play on Wednesday no matter what. And then last week we learned that Viewmont and Green Canyon canceled their game, which probably makes more sense for Viewmont not to play that game than it does for Green Canyon not to play that game. Yeah, it'll it'll drop Viewmont's RPI. Which is what we're talking about here, because your opponent's winning percentage matters. So if you know Green Canyon, they're one and eight. There's really nothing about that game that helps Viewmont. Yeah. It was, was kind of like I remember talking with the old hockey coach for Utah State, John Eccles, where he was talking about they have a computer ranking system for the ACHA, the, the hockey association they're in. And, you know, a lot of it is goal. They, they factor in goals against like point differential or goal differential in individual games. But there's only so many goals that count. Um, and so when they'd play UVU, that's what it breaks down to is they'd play UVU and UVU was so bad that they could beat them a hundred to zero <laughs> and it would negatively impact their computer ranking because it cuts off at like seven, I think winning by seven goals or somewhere around the exact number may vary, but, but beating a team like UVU, who's so bad, only beating them seven to zero as the computer will only count was counted as a bad win. So it's that kind of thing where RPI can be, you know, it, it can hurt you. Uh, 6789 with the text on this topic says, seems like RPI or whatever it is called works better with greater parity. The less parity, the more imbalanced game scores you get, which allows for more variance and or error in the model. But, but the thing is that score differential doesn't, doesn't matter. You could win by one, you could win by 50, and it doesn't matter in the RPI. Yeah, and maybe they can try and implement some kind of point differential and maybe include some kind of cap, which actually isn't a very uncommon thing to do to have a cap on you know the point differential you count in your computer system. Maybe they could do that. So you can, you know, if there's a 70 to zero game, maybe it only counts as, maybe you cut it off at, you know, the, the running clock, whatever, like 35 point lead, cut it off at that and say, all right, that's the cutoff. You'll only get credit for a 35 point win. And maybe that can help some of the balance and keep the, you know, the, the standard deviation a little lower. If you play up and not just four, a to five, a, but if you play four, a to six, a, you get, extra it's an extra weighted or that game is is weighted differently it, you get more value for that game than if you just play another 4a school um because there are so few 4a schools they haven't weighted anything extra if you play up to 5a or if you play down to 3a i'd love to see more teams in 4a so that you do get a value for playing up, even if it's 5A. And if you play down, that should work against you a little bit. But it yeah. doesn't. But maybe in the future it, it could. I've heard rumors that another division might be created in 4A in the middle of the state. Because right now it's on the extremes, you know, the north and the south. But as it stands today, 
it's not a perfect system, but I do feel it is a better system than what was in place before. Yeah, they're making improvements, and that's the key. Make improvements where you can work out the issues that pop up because, you know, when you make a big change like this, there's going to be issues, unexpected issues, issues you didn't, you know, think were going to be issues. And so you go through it, you're going to take some guff over it, and then you plan through. There's some things you can fix, some things are just always going to be broken. You just got to live with some of them. But continue making improvements. And I think it sounds like UHSA is doing a good job in dealing with the issues that cropped up from the implementation of the system. And if they keep trying to solve these issues, then they deserve, you know, praise for their effort. Uh, another text that came through, 8968. I haven't heard much about the Ridgeline quarterback from last year. Was it his last year? And if so, where is he playing now? Yeah, he graduated. Didn't he go to a... Caden Cox. Went to a junior college, didn't he? Uh, he... Where did he go D1? I'm pulling it up. He committed to... Uh, this is a pinned tweet on his Twitter account from this spring. After a great visit and conversations with Coach Sataki, Coach Roderick, and Coach Mitchell, I'm excited to commit and play football at BYU. Really? Thank you to everyone who has made this possible and have helped achieve this dream of mine. Go Cougs. Interesting, since his dad was a starting quarterback for the Utah State Aggies back in the day. Did he get a but scholarship? I, I don't. This was in March. So would it have been a walk on or would have been as a walk on? Yeah. I, I, from what I had heard, he was, despite all of his numbers and all of his success at Ridgeline, he really didn't get a lot of D one looks. Well, he's small. That's the problem. He's only like five ten. I think he was listed at like six foot six one. Oh, he's definitely not that, tall. which in reality means he's, you know, well, I don't know what he's listed. I maybe I should confirm that. I may be confusing him with someone else, but yeah, he's, He's small, and that means you end up going – it means you either change positions or you go somewhere small. You go somewhere else, yeah. So I don't know what he's going to be in college. should look up his recruiting profile. While you do that, 6789 text in. Uh, that's my point. Since it doesn't take into account score differential, it seems to take as an assumption a certain degree of parity. Yeah. And I don't know what it's supposed to mean like – if you don't take into a score, then it's like then every bad team you play is a negative, wouldn't it be? Which that shouldn't be the case. If you play a bad team and kick the kick their cans, and I guess that's what you're saying. Like it assumes that everyone is the exact same team or something like that. Hmm. Which is weird because then you're factoring in win percentage, and it's just I don't know. It's it's not. I, don't I mean, think it's, in the end, over the course of a season, I mean. The, the good teams separate and the bad teams fall. Yeah. But I mean, you, it's not like you can change your schedule and, and schedule somebody different as the season's going on to improve your your RPI. I mean, there's a chance you could pull a Viewmont and cancel a game that could hurt your RPI on the, the fall break week. But um, I don't know. Like, it, the, you know, the opponent winning percentage – Opponent's percentage and opponent's opponent's percentage. That's the beginnings of a system. And you really should start including point differential. Um, you might look at uh, sports reference they have for a lot of their sports. They have a simple rating system. It's an SRS. And 
I'm pretty sure it takes into it. You know, it, again, it's it's in the name. It's pretty simple. It's quick and dirty. But I'm pretty sure it takes into account score differential and different winning percentages of opponents and things like that. And honestly, that kind of system, maybe I should look it up. Maybe suggest it to UHSA and say, here, here's a system. Use this. Yes, it's a little quick and dirty, and it's not perfect, but it gets you somewhere. The only thing I don't work, I don't love about point differential is when you're at a high school level. I don't know that I love encouraging teams to run up the score against opponents. So maybe there's some kind of a cutoff that, yeah, by two scores, and it's cut it off 14 points. And whether you score, you outscore them by 50 or 14, it's kind of the same. Like I said, that's the thing that some people have done in these rating systems. Like I said in the ACHA, they have a cutoff. You only get credit for winning by as most as seven goals. Or again, I don't know what the exact number is, but something like that. That's where I say maybe when you have the running clock is at a 35-point margin, maybe make that the cutoff, or maybe make it 28 points or something like that. Because that would discourage the running up the score to give yourself extra style points. You say, look, you can beat your opponent by 120, but you're going to get none of the benefit, and you're going to get kicked around by all the fans who say you ran up the score. <laughs> so We've certainly know. seen that around here before. Yeah, so, sport. <laughs> yeah so I'm looking up the, the simple rating system. So it's a rating that takes into account average point differential and strength of schedule. So And they make zero the average, and then you can go up or down. Utah State's probably in the negative on their simple rating system. Uh, before we get into the RPI and the, the final RPI, and then on now the, the playoff positions for girls' soccer, let's take a pause from this for just a moment and provide an opportunity for our avid Skyview football fans who hear their games every Friday – or, well, yeah, every Friday. They're not going to play this Wednesday for Skyview. <laughs> Only Fridays. <laughs> Only Fridays. So if you were listening to Friday's game between Skyview and Green Canyon in North Logan, Hurricane John Newbold had, and Rex Davis, actually it was Hurricane John Newbold and John Russell this week, who called out a bread-and-butter play of the game for the Bobcats. If you remember what it was and can correctly identify it, Call in right now, 435-752-1069. And if you get it right, we'll give you some free bread. So on the other side of this timeout, we'll reveal if anybody got it right. Fall is in the air, and it's getting colder. Make sure your vehicle is well-maintained. Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Logan, across from Angie's, can help. As the weather turns colder, your car needs more babying, and an oil change is easy. They'll change your oil and also check other fluid levels and replace your air filters if needed. The best thing, you can stay in your car while their trained professionals service your vehicle. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 695 North Main, open seven days a week. Want to set yourself apart from the competition? A new leadership MBA at Utah State University will help you lead companies and drive change in your organization. You can attend in person in Logan on Thursday evenings or take online interactive classes. Complete your MBA in as little as a year. Apply before November 15th to be considered for a January start. Contact the MBA office for a waiver of the application fee. Learn more at utahstatemba.com. That's utahstatemba.com. Hey, it's Jackson with Mountain West Motor. 
We love the Cache Valley. Thank you for all of your support since we opened in February. Every one of our rigs is built for your adventure. We invite you to stop by at 615 North Main when thinking about a new rig. At Mountain West Motor, we have Ford Broncos, Ram TRXs, but also keep in mind we have great price point rigs starting at 20k. Check our website for current inventory and pricing at mwmotor.com. And for news and events, follow us on Instagram at mwmotor.co. Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure. Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent with Alpine Home Medical. I'd like to invite you to learn more about us. Since 1997, we've been Utah's premier one-stop shop for home medical equipment. What sets us apart at Alpine Home Medical is the superior level of customer service. We provide home oxygen, CPAPs, wheelchairs, scooters, breast pumps, and so much more. Come on down and get to know us. Visit alpinehomemedical.com. This is Jarek with Jarek's Fine Jewelry. This October is our 14th year anniversary. So to celebrate, we want to treat you to an anniversary date. Make it a date night on us. Come engagement ring or anniversary ring shopping at Jarek's Fine Jewelry. We have thousands of designs to choose from, including the newest custom designs. With no strings attached and no purchase necessary, we will buy your dinner at Bloom Eatery. The entire month of October, come in ring shopping and Bloom is on us. Make date night special. Make it Jarek's. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally without all the red tape by people who care and know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. Breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. And congratulations to Neil Murray. He was the first on the phone line to correctly identify the play. Appreciate everybody tried to call in, but Neil was first. But it was the Ramsey Vickers interception with 116 to go in the game that secured the Skyview victory over Green Canyon. Low scoring game between the Bobcats and the Wolves. Did not see that coming. 3 nothing for Skyview. Yeah, well, tough defense by Green Canyon there. That was the thing they were going to hang their hat on in the beginning of the year. And unfortunately, that's one of the few things they've been able to hang their hat on this year. But you know, they were able to make a good game of it. They did. Now, you were probably thinking the field goal would have been the bread and butter yeah, play. Yeah, that's what I was thinking because <laughs> the, the player of the week nomination out of Skyview was their kicker because um, he made the game-winning play. Or I guess, well, the, the go-ahead play, obviously the interception was huge. So who ended up winning the Cash Valley Media Group player of the week this week? So that was Mountain Crest wide receiver Will DeCorver. He had, uh, I think, um, oh, I was like 130 yards, I think. He had a 44-yard touchdown catch and a 70-yard touchdown catch. Had one other reception, so I think he ended up somewhere 120, 130 range. I can't remember off the top of my head. but And he also had like seven tackles, a couple pass deflections, so really one of the, the bright spots on offense. Big impact on the game. Yeah. Well, the quarterback also, he threw for like four touchdowns, but DeCorva was obviously his favorite target there, where like half of his yards were to him. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. If you want to weigh in on Full Court Press 
uh, text line, 4781 texting in. Just turned on the show. Curious, do you guys ever talk about RSL? <laughs> now, they had some moment this weekend that qualified them. Oh, I forgot to playoffs. follow that because it was decision day. So, like, I follow RSL. I like RSL, but Eric doesn't care in the way that I don't care about baseball. So we're on like two different. We have like two different sports. Cancel each other out. We're on opposite ends here. Um, So the answer is no. We don't really talk about RSL much, except for like in August when we're like close to sports, but RSL is the only one playing, like in Utah. Um, Yeah, I I forgot to look if they actually made the playoffs because they won their game against Portland three one. I think. Or at least that was the last time I checked the score, and it was like the 88th minute. So. 14 teams qualify, is that right? Something I think like, so. And what? RSL's number 14. I just remember seeing some list that had RSL on the bottom, but they got yeah, it. They were at the bottom of the Western standings. But, yeah, I, I couldn't remember how uh, – I think, I think they had to have somebody else um, lose. And so RSL, they did make the playoffs. So they they were going against Portland, and they beat them, and so RSL is seventh in the West. Portland ended up being eighth. Ooh. Um. So they barely beat them, and yeah, in terms of points on the season, RSL is fourteen out of fourteen. Okay. So that's the list that I saw. Yes, yeah, so they only had uh, they had forty seven points, and a few teams above them, both West and East, had forty eight, and then obviously everyone else. I think uh, I don't know who won the supporters' shield because uh, I think LAFC won the supporters' shield, the regular season trophy. Because they do that in soccer, where there's a regular season trophy, and that's kind of a big deal. Although in America, we add a playoffs because it's America. Because <laughs> in the Premier League, they don't have a playoffs; so you just win the league. Uh, six, seven, eight, nine, texting in uh, again, talking about RPI. It discourages cupcake. Cupcake games, does it not? It does, the way it's currently constituted. But again, we, we've talked about this a little bit, where if you have a, a a cap, you can get around that scheduling cupcake games and beating somebody 70-0 to zero to, to jump your RPI. So I think you know the not including point differential had good intentions, but they didn't take into account, I think, other options they could have included. Uh, five three three eight. Caden Cox is not currently listed on the BUY roster. Now uh, that could be for a couple of different reasons, either as a uh, walk on or a defer deferment. If he's serving a mission, he wouldn't show up on the roster right now. Uh, I don't. I don't know his situation, or if he committed to them and then got cut. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it would be if if he did go on a mission. I don't know if he did. I don't know if. Um... That would certainly be probably the number one reason, I would think. But there is always the possibility, like you said, maybe he was just cut from the team. I don't know how that works with walk-ons and things like that getting cut. I don't know if colleges really do cut players for performance issues, especially if they're a walk-on because it's no skin off your back if they're bad and on your team. Yeah. Well, all I can say is Caden Cox has not been active on the social media, at least not on the Twitter yeah, since uh, since early July, which you know could be a variety of reasons. But. Yeah, sometimes they just some people just aren't Twitter people. <laughs> no, I, I did find out he is listed at six foot, which I don't believe. 
I was standing next to Stephen Ashworth the other day after the scrimmage, and I'm 5'11", and I don't think Ashworth is really all that taller than I am. And he's listed at six foot, six one, maybe. Uh, before we talk about uh, basketball scrimmage, we will get to that. I just wanted to re- talk about the, uh, the the girls' soccer state tournament, which is coming up on Wednesday. A couple of teams earned first-round buys. Mountain Crest, the number one seed overall for girls' soccer in 4A. Ridgeline at number two. Those two schools both had 14-3 and regular season records, but Mountain Crest... Got their two wins over the Riverhawks. They win the region. They're number one in state. So Mountain Crest gets a first-round bye. They don't have to face anybody until Saturday. Same thing with Ridgeline. They're number two. They face their opponent on Saturday. Uh, Green Canyon is number four, and they host Pineview Wednesday afternoon. And, um, by the way, uh, Logan is number nine. They travel the Crimson Cliffs. If Logan pulls off the upset then they uh, will travel to Hiram to take on Mountain Crest on Saturday. If Green Canyon beats Pineview, they host either Desert Hills or Hurricane Saturday afternoon. Ridgeline awaits the winner of Skyview and Dixie. Skyview number 7, Dixie number 10. And then Bear River at 11 seed will travel to Cedar. And if the Bears can pull off the upset, they have to travel back down to Southern Utah to take on number three, Snow Canyon. That'd be quite the travel schedule. Yeah, travel down there on Wednesday, and then turn around and head back down on Saturday. Do you even come back? I mean, especially fall since it's break. fall break. So, like, you get to stay down there if you win. wonder if they schedule a hotel, like, for the whole weekend, and, like, if they lose. All right, cancel it. <laughs> cancel this. Bear Rivers, unfortunately, struggled a lot in uh, both boys' and girls' soccer. But Mountain Crest, dang, they're... They're doing really good. Yes. There have been some really good girls' soccer teams, even girls' basketball teams. Just girls' sports in general around here is really good. Well, uh, the last I saw with volleyball, Skyview at 24-1 and overall on the year, number one overall in RPI, Green Canyon at number two, Ridgeline at number three. Yeah. So some really good volleyball going on up here too. Yeah, and I think it's cool because, you know, in volleyball it tends to be, you know, Skyview often dominates that. Um. But in girls' soccer, we've seen Logan, Ridgeline, and Mountain Crest both at the top of the heap as far as just being the dominant team in boys' and girls' soccer. So it's really nice to see, you know, teams taking their turn being the dominant one. It also shows that there's a bunch of great coaches up here. Yeah, it's true. Great training at the youth level to get to this point, too. That's why there's so many girls' soccer players from Cache Valley on a fairly successful Utah State soccer team. Yeah, that's true. So there's a good pipeline coming from Region 11 straight to straight to Logan, straight to uh, the the Bell Field. I forget the names of the people. Other Chuck than, and Gloria Bell yeah, Field. Yeah, Chuck and Gloria Bell Field, the, the best soccer field in the Valley. There you go. 435-339-0321 if you want to weigh in. Uh, we're going to take a quick time out, and when we come back, we'll get your, share some thoughts about Utah State men's basketball. They held a scrimmage on Friday night. Jason Walker was there. What did you see? If you were there, I'd love to get your reactions also about what this Utah State men's basketball team is going to be looking like for this upcoming season. 435-339-0321. 
Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best in Northern Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available. And now's the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns Cash Valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272. Or stop by their showroom west of DI. And online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air. Home McDarrell has a farm and appliance farm. With down-home country prices and big city selection. E-I-E-I-O. When you're looking for a friendly spot to drive a little and save a lot, hey, Home McDarrell has a farm and appliance farm. Daryl's appliance. No overhead, but lots of country charm. See Daryl's appliance in beautiful downtown Benson. S.C. Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. Couples throughout the state buy their rings from S.C. Needham Jewelers because of our low prices, extensive ring selection, and extraordinary benefits and services with financing available. Go to scneedham.com to learn more. We have many unique and beautiful engagement rings starting at $500. You'll find affordable engagement rings with our integrity price guarantee. This is why we are where Utah gets engaged. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. S.C. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block. At the sign of the clock. You're first and goal at the 10-yard line with seconds left on the clock. Your running back is poised for the game-winning touchdown, but before you can make the snap, the opposing team just takes the ball and locks it in a safe, and they won't give you the combination unless you pay them $10,000. That's exactly how ransomware works. And in 2021, two out of every three organizations fell victim to ransomware attacks. Protect your business with Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cash Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cash Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to cashvalleyent.com for details. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Mountain West Motor has a great selection of vehicles on their lot, starting at around $20,000. Check out their website for current inventory and pricing, and make sure to follow them on Instagram for current promos and events. That's Mountain West Motor. Physical location at 615 North Main in Logan. Website location, mwmotor.com. Uh, by the way, we found out today, Utah State Media Days for basketball. Women's basketball later this week, men's basketball next week. Utah it, State women? or Utah State Media Days or the Mountain West? Mountain West. So the Mountain West Media Days will be... Okay, say that again because now I wasn't paying attention. Sorry, Mountain West Media Days for women's basketball is later this week. And uh, Mountain West Media Days for men's basketball will be early next week, all done virtually. So I think the women's is on Wednesday. I can't remember if Utah State's on Wednesday or Thursday. And then the men are, I think, Tuesday of next week. Anyway, it's coming up. Finally, it's coming up. Well, I'll be able to be part of the men's one, I believe. 
Possibly. We'll see. We'll have to get all that set up. Um, but you went to the scrimmage. In fact, we have a, a text that came through. Actually, before we get to that, uh, 8739, did Cream Canyon girls not win the state tennis title? The scrubbage on Friday night, the chase of Walker was there. What did you see? <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's verbatim what the text is. Probably a voice to text, which yeah. could be an adventure. Yeah, voice to text is an adventure. Uh, but I think we understood. So, yes, the Green Canyon girls did win state tennis. Yes, congratulations to the uh, so, yeah. Green Canyon Wolves. I believe that's the first re- uh, Cache Valley State Championship of the year, isn't it? Uh, or, is there, or is there another one that's finished before? I th- No, I think that's the first. Yeah. I think that's the first season that's pretty much concluded. So of the season, yeah. There you go. First one home to Cache Valley and, and to, the, to northern Utah. Slash Southern Idaho, all of our coverage area. That's right. Um, and so yeah, at the scrimmage, uh, I will. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go change my Twitter handle now. I will be Chase of Walker. <laughs> my I nightly like title. Sounds very noble. It does. <laughs> I am Chase of the House Walker. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to make fun of you too much. We're more making fun of your phone's inability to understand what you're saying. Not the first. You will not be the last. <laughs> my phone doesn't understand what I'm saying. Uh, yes. So, uh, as far as the scrimmage, get into my observations, and I wrote a whole article about this, but I don't think I could include everything, because then every thought I had probably would have taken like three to 4,000 words, and I didn't feel like doing that, especially because I was already behind, didn't get out until like Sunday, because I went golfing Sunday mo- or Saturday morning, and so, you know, I was trying to relax. <laughs> but Priorities. The, yeah, priorities. I was golfing with my dad. Um... But, you know, some of the main observations were, one, I'll kind of go with this. I'm more optimistic than I think I was. I'm trying really hard to not, like, just start chugging Kool-Aid after one scrimmage. But I think there are reasons for me to be a little more optimistic, especially on defense. On offense, I'm still like, uh, okay, I'm worried about some things. They need to prove some things before I can believe they can be a really viable offensive team or at least a threat on offense. Although there were some things on offense that maybe I can be a little excited about. But on defense, I'm kind of liking where some of the things are headed, where they've got a piece in Dan Akin where he's not going to be a rim protector, but he can be a versatile guard just about anyone on the floor, especially three through five. He can guard them pretty well. You have a guy in Sean Bearster who's got some length and athleticism, can be a solid defender. And then Max Shulga is still an absolute pest on defense. And if you can get three guys out there pretty consistently who are, you know, not just pulling their weight on defense, but being like significant assets on defense, that's something you can hang your hat on. And Taylor Funk is not really going to be a huge positive on defense, but I don't think he's going to be a negative. And then Jones, you know, Ryland Jones and Steven Ashworth aren't huge positives on offense due to their size, but they can be annoying and they can at least not be negatives especially if they're like not playing together. Because when they're playing together, that creates problems. But by themselves, you can get away with being a six-foot guard in college basketball, no problem, on both ends of the court. So there's some, there's some optimism on defense. Although the one question that I, I have to ask is, is Ryan Odom going to have the balls to keep Max Shulga on the bench? Or is he going to have the balls to actually start him? Because the way he's looking right now, 
how on earth do you keep him from the starting lineup? Because right now, you look at the guys who are kind of the starters from last year. It's Ryland Jones, RJ, Idle Rock, and Sean Bairstow. Those are the three spots that Shulga, I mean, he'd be more likely to start at the two or three where Idle Rock and Bairstow are. But Bairstow's still looking like he's a solid piece of rotation. Idle Rock's the experienced guy who Odom's you know been coaching for like four or five years now. Is he going to have the balls to bench his senior, R.J. Idlerock, in favor of Max Shulga, who can you deny him a starting spot at this point? He was the best player on the court in that scrimmage. Led the, the scrimmage in points. He had 18. He had the most shot attempts, was taking all kinds of shots around the court. You know, basically everyone, he's going to the rim at times, taking mid-range shots, step-back mid-range shots, step-back threes. He was taking all of the shots. He also had five assists. He was getting others involved in the half court and in transition. And they had five rebounds. And he also had a couple of steals. Like, he's looking like the best player on the court right now. And if this is indicative of, of what he's doing in practice, and if he's looking like this all the time, and we saw some of this in uh, you know the, the FIBA tournament where he was playing like this, leading Ukraine. So if that's the case, how on earth do you leave this guy on the bench? you got to wonder, who's he replacing in the starting lineup, and does Ryan Odom want to replace one of those guys in the starting lineup? Like, he may have to. Because in theory, it would be Ryan Odom. Uh, Ryan Odom. Ryan Odom, Ryland starting Jones. point guard. <laughs> Ryland Jones at point guard. Do you put Bearstow at the two? Then Shulga? I mean, it doesn't. If you're starting Shulgin Bears, it doesn't really matter, matter who's either. technically you're the two on or the, the three. wing. Yeah. So, and then Taylor Funk. Yeah. So, to me, my, the starting lineup I would put out there, if I was in Ryan Odom's shoes, it'd be Stephen Ashworth, Max Shulga, Sean Bearstow, Taylor Funk, and Dan Akin. That'd be my starting five. That's who I think should be it. Because those are pretty much your five best players at each of those positions. And that, I think, it gives you defensive potential, you know, with at least, at the very least, four guys who will pull their own weight. And three who can be significant positives. Like, at their peak, Akin and Shulga could be all Mountain West defense. I don't think either of them will be all Mountain West defense. But it's in the card for both of them if they have big years. More particularly, Shulga. Um, but yeah, that like, but I don't know if that's going to be. I think the starting lineup may end up being Ryland Jones, Idle Rock, Bearstow, Funk, and probably Dan Akin. And you so think I, Akin gets the starting job over? Oh, there's nobody else who's better than Akin. Dorius or Zapala? Oh, Dorius might be third string. Just because of size. Um. Well, Akin's just better. He's better at center. He doesn't have the length that you like. But, you know, he went 8 of 9 on in the scrimmage on his shooting. He did just fine underneath as far as finishing. Did well defensively. Had a lot of fouls. That may be something he struggles a little bit with. Um, but he's the best center right now. Gives you the best versatility. He's a good rebounder. He, he was second in rebounds on the night. So he's your best center. He's your starter, I think. Just about guaranteed I'd be surprised. Although, after watching the scrimmage, I'm a lot, a lot more optimistic and a lot more on board with Shimon Zapala. Hmm. 
I was pretty down on him uh, ever since last year, just watching him just not be very good. You know, didn't seem like he was going to cut it as a Division One center. He looked every bit like he could play backup center this year. Or if he really improves, maybe he could almost steal a starting job from Akin. But I don't. I, that's going way out there. But he was the one who led the team in rebounds and had several nice moments underneath the basket on offense. Somebody else that uh, that I noticed at the practice that I went to and, and who you noticed and pointed out in the scrimmage who's showing some nice promise and improvement is Z Hamoda. Yeah, he uh, Hamoda had 15 points. Uh, he, had, he looked really comfortable shooting. He had a movement three, which for a guy in his second year at Division I shooting movement threes, that's impressive, and he hit one of them. Uh, he only went like one for four from three, but his jump shot looks solid. Um, Coach Odom really pointed out that he has, you know, he's been working on his jump shots. He's got a nice pull-up game. And, you know, Hamona did several. He had three blocked shots, too. So was a was a bit of a hound on defense. So there are some things to like about Z Hamoda as far as his potential to make a step forward this year, be better than he was last year. But I will say the man needs to not skip leg day. <laughs> My arms might be thicker than his legs. <laughs> he's, he's pretty skinny. Yeah, he is. He's pretty skinny. He's got those Joe Montana calves. Like, it's, it's insane. <laughs> uh, observations from the Utah State basketball scrimmage. If you were there, I'd love to get your observations as well. 435-339-0321. It was really the only time to see this Utah State team until they play Utah Valley next month. Yeah, like November 7th, I want to say, give or take a couple of days. I'll be really curious to see what the uh, what the preseason polls look like for Utah State and uh, the rest of the league. I would imagine that San Diego State's going to be on top. Uh, there'll probably be some votes for Boise. Um, but uh, it's, it's going to be you know, the Aztecs to lose, really, but... Where does Utah State end up on this list? I think if people are similar to my thinking, Utah State's going to be in the bottom third. Maybe not quite that far, but like, because I was pessimistic, and now that I've seen the scrimmage, I'm a little more optimistic. But nobody who's voting in the poll, or very few are voting in the poll, actually probably nobody, because <laughs> there were three members of the meeting, and I don't think any of us three are voting in that poll. So nobody will have seen the scrimmage. And so they'll just see that Justin yeah. Bean is gone. Yeah. They'll see the same things I saw. And, and Horvath is gone. Yeah. And granted, Brock I'm Miller's still, gone. And I, I'm still not sold that Utah State will finish in the top half. So there's, if they're thinking like me, there's going to be pessimism. They're going to be picked pretty low. I, I would guess I would put Utah State uh, landing in the middle of the pack. Yeah. I don't know if they'll be in the bottom third. I think I'd be more in the middle of the pack. Yeah. And that may be more realistic where they end up finishing, but yeah, if they're as pessimistic as I was, then you could see it go down pretty low. So again, I'm not sure how many other bad teams there are this year. So bottom third may be a little too pessimistic, but again, that's when you lose as much talent as you did and you don't replace them with headliner transfers, people aren't going to vote you high. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. If you were at the scrimmage on Friday night, we'd love to get your observations of what you saw of the Utah State men's basketball team. Interesting, uh, I don't know what, how to call it, but ranking, if you want to put it that way, of 
you know, coaches in the Mountain West for this upcoming basketball season, the Athletic put together different coaching tiers. And what are they saying about some of the Mountain West coaches and where do they put Utah State's Ryan Odom? We'll talk about that coming up next on the Full Court Press. Fall is in the air and it's getting colder. Make sure your vehicle is well-maintained. Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Logan across from Angie's can help. As the weather turns colder, your car needs more babying and an oil change is easy. They'll change your oil and also check other fluid levels and replace your air filters if needed. The best thing, you can stay in your car while their trained professionals service your vehicle. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 695 North Main, open seven days a week. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally without all the red tape by people who care and know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. Don't get caught without power after a windstorm or a major winter freeze. Golden Spike Electric offers Generac backup generators so you can be prepared and keep your home warm while avoiding frozen pipes. Golden Spike Electric is one of the largest Generac dealers around, so you know it'll be installed right. Whether you're a homeowner or an electrician, contact Golden Spike Electric to rest easy the next time the power goes out. Online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. They also service other models. For over 20 years, Aegis Home Health and Hospice has been providing health care to Cash, Box Elder, and Rich Counties. Whatever or wherever your health care needs, Aegis' goal is to meet those needs. Aegis Home Health and Hospice core values are character, experience, and trust. Aegis, A-E-G-I-S, striving to provide the health care services you need. Aegis Home Health and Hospice. Call 723-9000 or find them at myagis.com. Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent with Alpine Home Medical. I'd like to invite you to learn more about us. Since 1997, we've been Utah's premier one-stop shop for home medical equipment. What sets us apart at Alpine Home Medical is the superior level of customer service. We provide home oxygen, CPAPs, wheelchairs, scooters, breast pumps, and so much more. Come on down and get to know us. Visit alpinehomemedical.com. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Welcome back to Full Court Press. Eric France and Jason Walker. And The Athletic put together these tiers of, of coaching. Uh, one through seven. They're not all coaches in men's basketball were on there. So there are a number of Mountain West schools that didn't even make their list. But the highest rated coach out of the Mountain West is who would be your guess, Jason? In the Mountain West? Yes. Oh. It'd be San Diego State's head coach. I forget his name. Brian Dutcher? Yeah, Brian Dutcher. I'd have That would have been my guess as well. But is it's it not, not right. Him, really? They have Colorado State's Nico Medved. As a Tier 3 head coach, San Diego State's Brian Dutcher, Wyoming's Jeff Linder, and Boise State's Leon Rice, all in Tier 4. Incidentally, BYU's Mark Pope also considered a Tier 4 coach. In Tier 5, you have USU's Ryan Odom. 
Southern Utah's Todd Simon also as a Tier 5 coach. And in Tier 6, University of Utah's Craig Smith and Utah Valley's Mark Madsen. So they recognize Ryan Odom in a higher classification than Craig Smith. Which very much feels like, oh yeah, Ryan Odom, the guy who beat Virginia. That's like still his thing. Whereas I, I feel like Craig Smith has a better body of work than Ryan Odom overall. Odom took one program to pretty decent heights and immortality in one way. You know, UMBC will live forever. Um, yeah, but also Ryan Odom took a team in a transition year to the NIT, and Craig Smith had a terrible year at Utah yeah. last year. I think Craig Smith's got two solid teams, or you know, two different periods of solid uh, play with two different teams. Did it at South Dakota, did it at Utah State. And I don't think he should lose too much with his first year at Utah. He didn't have this. Again, you could maybe say he was a bit lucky at Utah State where he kind of lucked into a couple of really good players that he didn't necessarily bring in. Um, granted, he did bring in Numiash Keta, so he deserves credit for that. True. But like the rest that he was able to build around wasn't all him. No. But you know, he did have several good years and proved to be a really great X's nose coach. Um, I'd probably take Craig Smith over Ryan Odom, but obviously Ryan Odom's no slouch. No, no, a solid player. By the way, former Aggie Justin Bean, who initially signed on in the summer with the Clippers, uh, Memphis picked him up for their uh, fall camp, if you want to call it that, um, just a couple weeks ago. Well, today they cut Justin Bean, unfortunately. So Justin Bean is available. <laughs> Uh, so hopefully some other team gives him another shot. But if uh, he's not on a roster at this point, he's not going to make an NBA team. Uh, could end up in the G League. Uh, by the way, Utah Jazz cut Saban Lee uh, today. So a lot of teams kind of trimming their rosters, picking up guys who were on waivers from other locations, trying to fill some things out now that they really know what they have. Uh, I suspect Utah will probably make a few other moves before – their training camp concludes. Yeah, they're probably gonna. I think they need to cut two more players. Yeah, so, still their roster is too big. So I, I think there'll be a couple more guys. You think guys like a, and I'm now I'm spacing every single player on the Jazz. The only name that came to mind was Rudy Gay. I feel like he's gonna be cut. Then somebody else. I don't know. Cody Zell is probably not gonna make the roster. But yeah, they'll they'll probably cut Rudy Gay and maybe one other. Uh, I've heard Jared Butler's name tossed around as somebody who could get cut, which makes me sad. Yeah, he, he had a really good uh, scrimmage. Uh, and Saban Lee looked good in the scrimmage, too. He had a couple of highlight dunks. but Well, he's always been good at dunks. He's just never been good at anything else. Yeah. That's, that's his problem. That's true. Um, so, yeah, training camp continues. Utah has another uh, preseason game coming up here, uh, if I'm not mistaken, here in just a few days. Um. I can't remember their their preseason schedule. Neither can I. I don't. I haven't memorized their preseason <laughs> schedule. I think they have one tomorrow. Yeah, against the Spurs uh, in Salt Lake. The Tankathon Spurs <laughs> are going to be like one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, interesting stuff uh, for the weekend uh, throughout the Mountain West. Uh, Utah State men's basketball, Region Eleven sports. So uh, Mondays are always busy. Oh, we didn't get the chance to go through our pick six items. Oh, 
I think we can get through that quickly in the last uh, 30 seconds of the show. Yeah, can you do it? Let's go, 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 go. All right, Rudy Gobert points versus the Clippers on Sunday. He didn't play. You took the under, so you got that one. Okay. Air Force rushing yards, 385.5 was the line. <laughs> they launched for 264. A little under. I took the under, so I got that. Uh, TCU in Kansas, line was set at 69.5. It was 69. 69 points. You nice. took the under, so you got that. Lega rush attempts, 16.5. He actually had 13 rushing attempts. You took the under, so you got that one. Uh, Patriots and Lions, over under at 45 and a half. 29 was the total point scored. Both of us took the over, so neither one of us got that. And uh, passing attempts for Air Force at seven and a half. It was actually 12. 